You have just made the best decision of your day by choosing to listen to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered Podcast with me, Leslie Rubinoff, the OG Holistic Bitch. You're guaranteed to laugh, have a what the fuck moment, and truly be inspired to change small things in your life that will have you reaping the rewards of living a truly holistic life, mind, body, and soul. We have a very special, special treat. My dear friend and my second mama, Dr. Jill Kahn is joining us today. We will be talking about the power of owning your own healing journey. And Dr. Jill is the founder and president of Empowerhouse Group, an influential leadership empowerment firm in Atlanta. She originated the BioCode system, a methodology that will change the way you lead lead, live, and play. She's a leadership coach, a dynamic speaker, a wellness advocate, and the author of the book, The Gift of Taking Honor Yourself First. All else will follow. Dr. Jill has over 30 years of one-on-one coaching experience, inspiring thousands of people to reclaim their power and effective positive change in their personal leadership and their lives. Welcome, Dr. Jill. Leslie, how cool is this? Holistic bitches unfiltered. Heck to the yeah. I am so psyched about being here on your podcast. And I'm so excited. And you guys have to understand, I met Dr. Jill maybe in February, so not that long ago. And the best thing that's come from Dr. Jill is that people always used to say to me, Leslie, who's your mentor? And I was like, I don't have a fucking mentor. Like, I really don't have a mentor. And then this magic popped into my life. And she's completely changed the way that I think, the way that I look at words, um, perspectives, and she's truly just an inspiration. And every time she opens her mouth, the value that comes out um, is just, it's instrumental, it's life-changing, and I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. And we're going to talk about, you know, owning the, the power of owning your own healing. And Dr. Jill has an amazing story. So let, let's get into it. Dr. Jill, define healing. What is healing? You know, to me, to me, healing is our ability to, to allow our organ cells and tissues within our body to be an optimum capacity, to have our thoughts and our emotions strong so we could consciously choose empowered behaviors regardless of the circumstance and regardless of the behaviors or actions of other people. It's 100% accepting responsibility for your life, period, end of story. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> and do do you truly believe that we have the power to heal absolutely anything? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess if we go spiritual, I do. You know, I absolutely do because you know, healing to different people means different things. You know, I believe that the world is rigged for our success, and my whole life is a proof of that. That you know, you cut yourself, it is going to heal. We're healers by nature. You know, don't cut your beautiful, you know, hair and it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. We're healers. We're born to advance. We're born to heal. We're born to succeed. We're born to become bigger, better, greater, stronger. It's innate. It's within us. Um, Where most people trip up is they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to complement their healing for their body or their life or their relationships. Fill in the blank. It doesn't really matter. Um, So that's where I come in. I teach people how to do that. And when you say, you know, the complementary aspect of healing, talk about it. What does that mean? You know, bottom line is you're a result of your choices, period, and you're a result of genetics and (laughs) you're a result of environment. And so many different things play a role in how well we are or how sick we are. But regardless of where you come from, what you've been through, no matter whether it comes from a genetic issue, you have an autoimmune issue, maybe a chronic issue, it doesn't really matter. You still have to accept responsibility from where you're at and learn how to move your life forward. Um, And that's why when I talk to people all the time and I say like, okay, well, everything's right about you in any given moment because you heal from there. You heal from any place where you're at emotionally, physically, financially, whether you want love in your life, healing means moving our life forward, right? But we need tools. What goes missing most of the time is people know what they want. They want to be healthy. They want to be happy. They want to be successful. You know, Leslie, we all want the exact same thing. We want to be loved and appreciated. 
We want to feel useful and purposeful. We want to belong to something greater than ourselves. That's what we do every day on Clubhouse that we could grow into. And we want to be healthy. But what I found out over all these years, I've been doing this since 83, is most people know more than they could do. They know to eat healthy, but they don't know how to do it. They know to exercise, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to build the behaviors that are sustainable that support healing. And that's what Dr. Jill's all about. And I'm so excited to ask this next question because your story is amazing. And what you've been able to do with some of the people who are absolutely the closest to you is, is amazing. So, you know, I think when I ask this question, it leads into your story, which is, you know, what switched your perspective on the ability to self-heal? Well, first of all, my story is very big and I am going to share some of my story because I think within anybody's story, we help each other. And my perspective switched when I didn't have a choice, you know, change comes by choice or change comes by force. Now, I am a holistic person, and I have been the large majority of my life. Like you know, I became vegan, vegetarian by 12 years old, like you. Yeah. And I've, right? And right. I've always taken on a holistic approach and um, exercised and did meditation and all the things that live in that category. And um, I married my husband, Danny, and t- I, I became a chiropractor, another holistic approach to healing. Back in the day, I thought, to myself, like, oh, I'm going to save the world one subluxation at a time. And I'm going to just keep helping people. And I did. I mean, I literally I had a practice that had hundreds and hundreds of patients a week. And I was truly helping people um, heal their lives via my first love chiropractic. Well, my husband who decided like he, he didn't know what he wanted to be when he grew up and he's like, ah, oh, she saw the healing power, which it was so much more than chiropractic alone in my practice. He was like, I wish I could do what you do. And I was like, well, y- you can. Next thing you know, he's taking courses. He gets accepted to chiropractic school. Ten years later, he's here in Atlanta, Georgia, where we live and enrolled in chiropractic school because he believed that that's what he wanted to do with his life. So he graduates from school, perfect life, married, the love of my life. At this point of our our life, we have two beautiful children. We move into our dream neighborhood, exactly where you want to be, the best schools, the best life, um, so forth. And it was the 4th of July. Here's where the story comes in. July 4th, 1996, it's when the Olympics were coming to Atlanta. And we had... um, I had taken my kids to the pool, meet new friends. Let's have fun, right? Fourth of July, fireworks, enjoy ourselves. Danny picks up a game of basketball um, with some guys that he had just met in the neighborhood. And out of nowhere, somebody comes rushing at me and they're like, Jill, Jill, come quick, come quick. It's Danny, it's Danny. I'm like, wait, wait, what? They grab my kids. I rush over to where Danny is and he's laying on the floor. He had had a grand mal seizure. He didn't know who I was. He didn't know who he was. They rush him to the hospital take some scans only to find out that my husband has a malignant brain tumor. And they're basically telling me he's going to die. He has five to seven years to live. Well, what do you do, Leslie, in a moment like that? You know, it's like we're told live in the moment. I'm gonna. Nobody's trying to live in any moment like that. You want to get the <laughs> hell out of that moment. It's not a moment that people aspire to live in when things aren't going according to plan. So I ran to every white coat on the planet and I said, tell me something other than this. And every one of them said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, no matter what we do, he's about going to have about five to seven years. Well, that was not an option. Now, I had a firm belief that the body had an ability to heal itself. I've already seen it. I already knew about this. I've studied it for decades before that, even chronic illness. So I knew there was an answer, but I didn't know this answer. So my mind was racing, racing, racing for weeks. And I'm, there has to be an answer because this is unacceptable. And then there was that moment. The moment when it all changed, I was standing by the kitchen sink. You know, some people are on the bathroom floor. Mine was by the kitchen sink. (laughs) And um, my energy was so amped up. My thoughts were going crazy. It was all fear-based. I'm searching for an answer that I had no viable answers in front of me. The risks were way too high. It was life and death. It wasn't like, you want to detox or you, you have a headache. This was big risk. And a feeling like no other came over me. From total chaos to instant peace. And I mean instant peace. 
And I turned to Danny, I started crying. And I said, Danny, not only are you going to be okay, but we're going to help so many people as a result of that. And we decided to take it on ourselves. Well, taking on something that big is big because there's enormous amounts of pressures and change in that moment is when I changed my entire perspective and said, we could do this and we are going to do that. And I'm going to give you time to interact with the story. And then I'll tell you a little bit more about what happened at that point forward. Well, listen, I mean, that like, don't leave us on the fucking cliff here. Like, let's go. Let, like, let's talk about it. What happened? Like, where, where did you go? What were you, what, what did you start doing? Like, talk about it. Okay. So what I did is I started to, um, Think about when I was in chiropractic school, I, I had found a lump in my breast, thinking nothing of it. A friend came over with a book, How to Heal Cancer Naturally. I believe that our life and our story is so planted, man. It's I know we have choice interaction, but it's so laid out. Like the story I was telling you today about my daughter's wedding dress. It's so laid out where she saw this wedding dress when she was 27. I mean, at 27, uh, what is it called? 27, 27 wedding dresses. dresses. 27 dresses. And she always loved it. And she put it like a vision board on her computer. And anyway, today she found a dress that was, she's getting married, similar to that. And the price was $2,700. She's 27. Her best friend is 27. Like all of it was just like wild. So anyway, in the way back machine, when I was um, in chiropractic school and I found that lump in my breast, um, my friend scared me enough to get it checked. It was nothing. It was a lymph node. But that book caught my eye. It was Gerson's book, How to Heal Cancer. And I started reading and I was like, this book is not about cancer. It's about life. If we all started thinking this way, living this way, we'd all be healthy. I literally started treating myself for an illness that I never even had. So for a decade, I became absorbed in the body's ability to heal itself from chronic illness, thinking it was just about me because I was going to be a chiropractor and save the world. So now I had this unbelievable education, no books, no tapes, no nothing. I never wrote it down because I was just absorbing for myself, thinking it was all about me. So now here I am standing in this moment. And I know that information is in me somewhere, even though I couldn't reference it. I didn't know where it was coming from. And the journey began. I started to think of, okay, well, I know there's answers here. I don't know what the answers are, but I am going to figure it out. Now, something very interesting happened right at the beginning aspect of this health journey is I personally started to feel enormous pressure what, for myself. What if he dies? What if I'm wrong? What if I can't do this? It was enormous amounts of pressure. I started to feel pressure from the medical community, pressuring me sure. to do what they said, right? I started to feel pressure from well-intended family, like just do what the doctors say. And you know, you don't know what you're doing. You can't do this. People like sending in the arms, um, Danny, oh my God, I'm so sorry. The pressures were enormous. So I knew that in order to help Danny save his life, I needed to strengthen mine. What I didn't know is over the next three years of unbelievable amounts of changes and therapy and concepts that you know we, we were we were really working this um, this puzzle um, that I would develop an incredible skill set to strengthen myself to be very objective and strong, to have hard conversations, to be very stable, to stop the story in my head, to navigate change better than anyone without having an objective way of really dealing with subjective things. That program ended up turning into a program to help people. So what I did through those years was a million different things. I was doing diet. I was doing nutrition. Um, we got him involved in a a system with this Dr. Uh, Stanzo Brzezinski, who was pumping in stuff called anti-neoplastins into him. We were working with angels. We were working with energy work, light, sound therapy. It was, I didn't even know if, if you know, the, the, the story is, guys out there listening, Danny lived. He lived to tell the story. He is alive and well. We did so many modalities, so much around health and healing. But I know for a fact that I would have never been able to navigate that if I personally didn't get myself stronger myself to be able to handle the enormous pressures that were ahead of me and the unknowns. There were so many unknowns. It was unbelievable. So you essentially had to walk in this path of immense stress and fear without the stress and without the fear. Otherwise it would have never worked. 
it would have never worked. It would have never worked. And it took me a long time. Like I knew I needed time to feel and to be scared because he could have died. I mean, he clearly could have died. Right. But I knew that there was a time to feel and I knew there was a time to deal and be objective. I never let it live in the same moment. Now, three years later, um, we felt that he was out of the woods. And I'm one of those lucky people. I don't know how I got so lucky, but I got Emory University, the surgeons of uh, neuro-oncology, to, uh, to agree to do MRIs with Danny to show me where I was at any given time. It was unbelievable. So the whole story is documented. Emory watched the tumor go away naturally with amazing. no medical treatment whatsoever. It's an amazing story. It um, is amazing. But wait, hold on, Dr. Joe, like people are listening. They're like, okay, wait, slow the fuck down. Like, like what were some of the instrumental aspects of the healing? Okay. So obviously we know you can't heal anything if you don't change your diet. So what, in a snapshot, what, what kind of diet were we looking at? Okay. So the diet consisted of Gerson's diet where Danny was on a completely vegan diet, which was really hard for him because he came from really crappy eaters. And, you know, he was the opposite of me. I became like you at 12 years old, started to figure out we wanted to eat healthy. Danny was the opposite of that. Food was his weakest link. So we started doing the uh, coffee enemas, the detoxification. He was drinking um, 12 to 13 glasses of carrot juice per day. We were making special kinds of soups that were these healing soups. Um, and it was all vegan. Everything was 100% pure organic vegan. And a lot of it was the juicing and the coffee enemas that um, we were constantly cleansing with that. Two of um, my yeah, favorite was- things. Yes, you're doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those two things are super healing. And for those who don't know, Max Gerson, um, is the founder of the Gerson Institute, which is an institute that is dedicated to healing cancer um, naturally. I mean, I believe his practice has evolved over time and, and you know, they switch things, but a ton of it is really about um, cellular n- nourishment and cleansing the body and removing toxins. But okay, so you had the diet, you had that down. What other tools were, were, were necessary for this healing? So a big tool was Dr. Stanslow Brzezinski. Dr. Stanslow Brzezinski is a person I found immediately. It's such a spiritual story of how I found him. Um, It was almost unheard of because, you know, when you're in a mode of really needing to have answers and you're trying to like figure out things that seem to be unfigureoutable at the time because you're smack in the middle of all these unknowns, there's no roadmaps. There's no Dr. Jill's or Leslie's out there to navigate. For, there's for no people. ways. But there's no ways. There's no ways. I mean, now I've been helping people and you're helping people for years and years and years. But, you know, I wish I had me or you back then because I didn't. I was just figuring it out. So I found Dr. Brzezinski. Dr. Brzezinski is a Polish scientist who figured out that cancer patients across the board were missing very specific amino acids and peptides, every one of them. And what he did back in the day, he came to America. What he did is he extracted from blood and human urine specific amino acids and peptides. What he did back then in his studies was he injected it into the bloodstream of the cancer patients and it started to fill the void. And people started to get well. It was exceptionally, exceptionally um, um, healthy for brain cancer. It responded the best for brain cancer. So then the FDA starts cracking down. So Dr. Brzezinski uh, was getting phenomenal results, especially with brain cancer, by um, adding these antineoplastins, he was calling it, which were amino acids and peptides that came from blood and human, injecting it into cancer patients who are void in both of these things. It started to fill the void. The cell would go through the normal cell cycle, and then it would just replenish a new one. And the cells started to um, become healthy, and the tumors would start to um, to reduce and go away. And then the FDA cracked down on him because, you know, it's a Obviously. big monopoly <laughs> with um, – right with the um, American Cancer Association and the FDA and so forth because cancer is a big business so then they told this amazing scientist amazing brilliant scientist he can't use human blood or urine anymore so he makes a synthetic form of it which still had phenomenal um, 
results. And we did that program for, I mean, a good, good couple of years. Um, and again, we had Emory watching and taking the MRIs and then Dr. Brzezinski himself. Um, he's a very famous man. He has a documentary on him. He's amazing. Is he and still we alive? Did so many things. Oh yeah. 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 And they always try to like, um, take him down and raid his office sure. and, you know, abolish him. We were there like during the, like, you know, all the, the, when all the drama was going on and they were picketing and there was lawsuits and he won every single lawsuit across the board every single time. The guy's a genius. So bottom line was we did so many different things. We did nutrition, we did exercise, um, he was drinking tons of water and replenishing himself. You know, we were getting out in the sun. We were working so hard on thoughts. We yes. were working so hard on inner work, releasing some of his emotional baggage that he had. We were doing enormous amounts of, I was personally doing enormous amounts of uh, guided visualization with him where we would go into his body and set up scenarios that had nothing to do with cancer. It was like uh, just like uh, uh, the dogs in a cage at a, I mean, I was making it up in the moment, you know, it's just very intuitive at, at a shelter and the cancer was the chop me and these dogs were starving. We would go through a whole process of getting there, finding the dogs, the immune system would be the dogs unleashing it and getting out there and you'd see the dogs coming and just eating up all the tumors, which were the food for the immune system. And it was just incredible. There were so many different things that we did. Um, throughout the years. And I mean, we did, I mean, I don't know if you've ever done light and sound therapy, but we've had different tones coming in with different gels and lights that were specific to different frequencies along the way. But I mean, honestly, I could just go on and on and on of all the different modalities, but I don't think it was the modalities um, alone. I think, honestly, what helped the most was centering myself to be able to navigate it, honestly, because I was the leader of this game. And there was such a big high risk involved in this. And an individual who gets who's sick, who wants to heal their life, I don't care if it's uh, you want to heal your life from emotional pain, you want to heal your life because you want to get healthier, you want to lose the three and a half pounds, it doesn't really matter. Um Across the board, I found throughout the years that individuals have no idea how to do that for themselves. And to have somebody to help them, to guide them and to teach them um, was honestly more important than the modality itself. I was that person for Danny. And in order to be that person for Danny, I needed to figure out how to get that strong and that healthy within myself to be able to take on big things. And now for years, I teach other people how to accept responsibility for their healing journeys and how to get that strong and that healthy and their thoughts, their emotions. So they could help themselves from whatever is in front of them, fill in the blank. It's a health issue, a life issue, a relationship issue. How do I make money issue? It doesn't matter. The answer always is the same that an individual has to know how to accept full responsibility from where they're at in any given moment and move their life forward from there and know and have tools and know how to do that. That's usually what goes missing in most healing journeys is that um, inability to be able to do that. It's amazing. Like just listening to, to Dr. Jill is amazing. And I, I, I'm a good listener, but she makes me a better listener. Um, you know, would you say that th Okay, two questions that came to mind? One is, you know, did Danny find the emotional connection to that specific disease? Oh my goodness. There was so many, I mean, I mean, the whole story is just unbelievable, but I mean, there was, it, this was years in the making. I mean, years and years and years in the making nothing. If you asked me, Leslie, was there one thing I couldn't even tell you because I think life is a journey of many different things. And it's not one thing that heals us. It's so many different things and at different po points and at different parts you know, different things come in for healing. You know, at some points he was working on, you know, um, I mean, do you know what kind of um, mindset comes into one's head when they think they're faced with death at 35 years old? 
I mean, do you know how much work <laughs> goes into thoughts like that where they're fragile? They're like, you know what I mean? At any given moment, he could be fine and be Danny and be happy. And he could be sad and reactive and scared and, and upset and not know what to even do with his thoughts or himself. He wouldn't know how to um, act or behave or he'd sleep so much or then he would, you know, it, it's just such a journey. It wasn't ever one thing. It wasn't ever one thing. But I could tell you a really cool story um, of a turning point. Um, this is a great story. I think the listeners would love this story. So at one point, I think all your stories <laughs> are great stories. This is a this is a big one. This is a huge one because at one point we really wanted to dive into the emotional components that we believed were co-creating in this cancer. Um, that's just what we believed. It was just our thoughts in it. So we ended up taking this, um, our friend told us about this workshop and talk about inner work. I mean, this was a weekend workshop where there was depth of inner work, right? And um, through the weekend, they do all these different scenarios and exercises. And when you first go to the weekend, you sit there and the, the teacher is in front of you and they're like, why are you here? And Danny, he never quite said he was, he always thought like the bigger problem was he wasn't sure if he should be a chiropractor or not. If he wanted to really do this, if he really belonged in this subject, he wasn't even thinking like I could die was the bigger subject. Right. So he's sitting there in this workshop and the um, teacher comes around and she's like it, it, one by one, why are you here? And he's like, well, I'm trying to really figure out like myself and life and this and that. So my friend who's in the room with me sends the teacher at the top of the thing says, ask him about his brain tumor. <laughs> Ask him about his malignant brain tumor. So the teacher looks at it. She's like, oh, my God. Well, Danny, what about your malignant brain tumor that you were just diagnosed with? Oh, I don't think that's my problem. I don't really think that's my biggest problem. He never thought it was the problem. So now they have him, when they start going through these um, like scenarios and things, as like the star. Like they had him do his own eulogy. They lay some guy on the floor. They pull out the flowers from the weekend and he has to give himself a eulogy to try to own like I want to live kind of thing. It's not budging. He is not budging. At one point they take him, Leslie, and they stick him in the center of a circle, which represents death, right? Because they're trying to get him to the, what you're talking about, that core emotional ties that live within us to choose life. So these people are in a circle. They're all holding hands like this, right? And inside the circle represents death. Outside the circle, there's a ton of people and that represents life. And he has to get out of that circle by pure intention, just by pure intention, right? So anyway, he goes like, all right, guys, I want to live. And they're like, you don't want to live. You want to die. <laughs> like These people are screaming at him. Go ahead. Take the easy way out. Just take the easy way out. <laughs> then there's people on the outside screaming, of course you want to live. You can do this. You got this. And he's trying hard to get out of the circle. And these people are not believing him. They're not budging. They're not letting him. Their hands are like chains together. And they're not letting him out of the circle. Finally, he starts to get like angry and forceful. He's like, just let me out. I do want to live. Just let me out. No, no. They're not letting him out of the circle. And he's getting matter by the second, right? All of a sudden, he falls to the center of the circle. He doesn't know what to do. He's like lost. It's like, I know I want to live. I don't know how to get myself out of this mess. This is the emotional, the deep inner work, right? That goes along with this. And he's just sitting there. It looks like, it looked like from the outside that he just wanted to die. All of a sudden, the teacher goes up to this young boy who is in the room and we have a son named Andy and he goes like the teacher, the woman goes to the young boy, says, be Andy. The kid goes like this, but dad, the whole room goes silent. But, but dad, but dad, you, you, you promised, you promised, you said you'd always be there for me. Danny gets up like a freaking superhero. He goes flying through that circle, breaks it like the sea just parted. He grabs that kid. The tears are flying. There's not a dry eye in the house. And all of a sudden he goes, I want to live. It was such a breakthrough moment 
such a breakthrough moment for him to really start to take responsibility for his healing journey. Not me pushing my agenda on him that I wanted him to live. Now he started to take the driver's seat and started to navigate more him accepting responsibility. It was such a pivotal moment in um, these three years that we had, had gone through all of this. And, and, you know, I mean, that's amazing. The fa- a father's will to live for a child is, you know, I mean, that's, that's massive. Right. But how instrumental in strengthening your marriage was this journey? Well, I mean, it was hard, very hard at times, you know, I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth is like when I met Danny, you know, <laughs> back in 85, you know, and he's so cute. He's so wonderful. He's so amazing. You know, if, if anyone would have told me, you know, hey, you're going to marry this gorgeous, wonderful guy. He's so nice. He's so beautiful. He's a musician. He plays the guitar. He writes songs. He's amazing. If someone said, and you're going to have to go through this whole journey with brain cancer and he might die, I would definitely not raise my hand and say, wait, or I'll have another. No, I would have made a sharp <laughs> left turn as fast as I could because this was not easy on our relationship. This was hard sure. as shit on our relationship. Um, but, you know, you keep working with it and you try to figure it out. And that's why I always say, like, um, me getting stronger to be able to be objective and healthy and not take things personally when he was all over the place, to hold that North Star that we got this and we're going to do this even when we didn't know what we were doing, you know, that we got this and hold that depth of optimism and have that North Star in front of me. I was unwavering with my belief that we could do this, unwavering, even when signs and symptoms look bad at points in time. I mean, there was one point in time where this tumor started um, expanding. It started expanding. Well, my intuition was telling me, well, of course it's expanding because it could inflame on the inside. Tumor could die one of two ways, from the outside in or the inside out. It could start crumbling down or from the inside, it could start swelling and breaking down and breaking down. And then it looks like it's getting bigger, but then it crumbles. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. But I had to have the faith to know that that was what was going on, you know? So, you know, it took a lot, you know, on my part to be able to um, hold that space, no matter what, even when I became the target or, you know, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want any more carrot juice or leave me alone. I had to really (laughs) hold that space for healing um, for a a really extended period of time. But I'll tell you, if you came into my house, the music was going, the kids were playing. There was, it looked like everyday life. Like we did such a good job of taking on such big stuff, but creating a beautiful environment for our family and our friends, and we let them all off the hook. We just kept telling them, nope, we got this. He's going to be fine. It was really just me and Danny taking this on and mm-hmm. whatever modalities we were bringing in because we didn't want all those disturbances um, from the outside. Um, so it looked like good life. Did you have to convince Danny of this journey, or was he like, uh, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to save my life? Well, he definitely had an enormous amount of faith within me. Um, you know, at one point of the journey, he fired me, you know, um, (laughs) because I was, uh, you know, I was pushing like so much the nutrition, right. And his mom was pushing, um, you know, things aren't always the way they look, you know, when it comes to healing, it really isn't always the way it looks like you just, when you think, you know, it, you don't really know it. Um, so his mom was pushing, just get it out, just do go take the risk, do the brain, you know, do the brain surgery, just, you know, it would have killed him. Um, and I'm like, drink the carrot juice to the coffee enemas. Let's do some, <laughs> right. Let's meditate. Let's, let's, you know, let's keep breathing it in. Let's have positive thoughts. Let's do visualization. Um, and at one point the frustrations, this was long, long, long into it. I mean, very long into it. He started to feel, uh, he started to feel pressure from us who were trying to help him. And he looks at me and he looks at his mom and he goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm firing you both. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what? Like you're firing. He goes, if I want anything that you have to offer at one point, he came back to it. He goes, I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. He started eating like shit. I mean, he started like 
hide like a kid hiding sabotaging well, no he wasn't i mean i thought he was i was like i kept thinking to myself leslie like he the guy wants to die he was buying candy i was finding wrappers around he was going through fast food and i'm like how is this possible like we've come so far he was doing so good like why is he doing this now right so he said uh uh-uh, leave me alone i want to i want to do what i want to do this is my life i am going to do it right so anyway I'm fired. His mom's fired. And I knew I couldn't interfere because he fired me. Right. He told me like, I don't want your input. So he goes for his next um, MRI, you know, several, you know, a couple of months later and the friggin' tumor shrunk in half because the level of emotional responsibility that he needed was greater than the food. And when he, that vibration was higher than the doing the right thing. He needed to take charge of his life. He cooled down with the food and went back on it, but that had to come first before the food. To me, it looked like he wanted to die inside of him. It was his way of living. And that's why I stopped judging. In that moment, I stopped judging, man, because I thought I knew the answers. I thought I knew it. I'm open all of it now. My mind expanded beyond expanded because there's so many things we don't know and there's so many different vibrations like we're talking about and that emotional responsibility that he needed to take was a higher energy than food. I mean, something I learned in that moment and that's why I never judge anymore. I, I threw out my right book in that moment. But now, would I do something holistically? Sure. Would I keep pushing that on people or suggesting it or offering? Of course I would because I believe deeply in stuff like that. But then when somebody wants to go another way, I figure out how to make that right for them because the mindset that's involved in it is so important. It's more important than even what we're doing. Okay. So from start to finish, how many years and where's Danny? Well, I know where Danny's at, but where's Danny at? So three years passed by and I was missing my life. We felt like he was out of the woods and now he needed to get his legs back. He needed to get away and start getting back into practice. That was a whole nother journey to get the confidence and the courage. And time was going to be the only indicator to tell us if he was going to live or die because we did no medical treatment. All we did was some MRIs, right, along the way. So I started going back into practice. I was like, I just need my life back. And Danny, I knew needed to, the more I knew that I needed to get my life, the more space I was giving him to get his life back. And I started to get calls immediately. Second, I said, I'm right, shingles back up. But Leslie, I wasn't getting calls from neck and back people. I was getting calls from cancer patients. And they're like, sure. we heard your story. Oh my God, my this one got diagnosed, my brother, my uncle, my friend, my th- could you help me? And I was like, well, I'm not a cancer doctor. This is not what I do, but here's what I can do. I was calling the biocodes back then, my formulas. I could teach you how to get strong in it. I could teach you how to accept responsibility for your life. I could teach you that there's no goddamn expiration sticker tattooed on your ass and no one's going to tell you if you're going to live or you're going to die. I'm going to tell you that healing comes from the inside out and I'm going to be your trainer and help you to understand that so you could navigate your health journey and nobody's going to tell you how to navigate it. And I started teaching people and they started to get well. And then all of a sudden somebody says, my wife, She doesn't have cancer, but I really feel like your formulas could help her. She's struggling. So I bring her in and then it was the kid and then it was, and before long I knew that what I had discovered through Danny's healing journey was never even about cancer. It was about life and that straight across, like I said, people had no concept and no idea in the stress of the moment, how to strengthen themselves to deal with fill in the blank, whatever was in front of them. Danny is doing phenomenal. He's working as a chiropractor. He's a musician. He is a happy guy. He's living a phenomenal life. And now I am helping people all over the planet. The, 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 the formulas, which are now called the BioCodes, Bio for Life, are now helping in leadership, in companies to be stronger under stress. They're helping individuals. They're helping children to become strong within themselves to deal with life and social pressures and so forth. So good comes out of everything eventually. Um, But I never in a million years picked any of this. It absolutely was an unexpected discovery and it definitely picked uh, Danny and I for sure. 
And, and okay. So, so Danny, you healed and then your dad got sick. Right. And it was like, let's do this all over again. Well, it was actually opposite. Um, Danny got sick in 96 and my dad got sick in 1990. So really my first cancer success story was my dad. And his story was he was at work. He cut his finger. um, He got blood poisoning. So he goes to the doctor and the doctor um, is a pulmonary man, his, his primary guy. And he took his chest x-ray, totally medically unnecessary. And they take this chest x-ray and there it is, adenocarcinoma. You got a year or two to live max. I think it was a year, year and a half. So my dad called me. I was living in Atlanta. He was in Miami with the it's okay story. I'm sorry if this is if this is it. Your kids are successful. You're all doctors. You're on your own. If this is my time to go, it's okay. He had already decided he wasn't going to do chemo or therapy because he saw what happened to so many people. Um, it just it just ruined the quality of their life and it wasn't going to cure the problem, but he wanted to get surgery. Right. So I tell my dad, this was my first go at it. I was like, dad, I know, I know something about this because I studied it in school. He was like, well, what do you know? So I started telling him about the body's ability to heal itself. So my father said to me, Jill, if you fly to Miami and work with me, I will postpone my surgery for two weeks. And that was like unheard of for him. He wanted to get that out of him like yesterday. So I had a newborn baby, my son, Andy, we fly to Florida and I started working with him with the same kind of things with nutrition and exercise and water and, and sun and thoughts and air and, and, and rest and trust and all the modalities of healing. I was teaching him about the body's ability to heal himself while he was sleeping. I was pouring this into him. We were doing uh, detoxification and nutrition and so forth. 24 seven, no books, no tapes, no nothing. My first go at it. So two weeks passed by and my dad, like a wilted flower was getting it. He was getting that he had the ability to heal himself and heal his life. And he was like waking up like a flower that's just waking up. Right. And, and blooming. So two weeks later, they check him into Jackson Memorial hospital in Miami. This is all documented. And my brother, who's an oncologist, my other brother and my mother and I are um, waiting um, in the waiting room. Hours later, the doctor comes out and he has this look on his face, Leslie. And he said, the most remarkable thing has happened. When we opened up your father, the tumor was no longer visible to the human eye. My dad lived 18 years after that with no treatment. You know, so when I had that experience with my dad, I did have that in my head before I even worked on, you know, help Danny with his journey. But, you know, I thought back then, oh, well, maybe that's why I studied all that stuff in school. Maybe it was to help my dad. And then I thought, well, maybe that's why I studied all that school when Danny, that stuff when I was in chiropractic school to help my husband heal his life. But now I get the bigger purpose of it. It's to really teach people how to accept responsibility for their lives, no matter what the diagnosis is, no matter what the problems they're facing. Um, It's really to teach people how to take it on. I think that's more important than what they're taking on. Okay. So Dr. Jill, what are the pillars of the biocode? Okay. So the biocodes are made up of five distinct categories, but the whole program is based upon a new way of thinking and a new way of acting. And when you understand this new way of thinking, which I'll give you it at, at a very high level, because clearly I can't teach the biocodes um, in an hour, um, because it's a program, it's a workout program that teaches people how to strengthen themselves in moments throughout the day when things aren't going according to plan. But the the new way of thinking at a very high level is that most people believe that their problems in life are really the problem. That if their problems could just go away, right? If I could just, people would just leave me alone. If people wouldn't just be idiots, if I could get the job, if I could lose the weight, then I'm going to be happy, healthy, or successful. Um, But I'm here to tell you this, your problems are not the problem. Other people are not the problem. It's you in it. 
problems are a part of life. Problems will always be here. They never really go away. They just change. What's the bigger problem is how um, our ability to approach problems from a place of strength, clarity, and stability. That's what goes missing. We become very reactive to problems and people because we don't have that um, skill set to become, <clears throat> excuse me, separate and distinct from other people and from problems. So a good metaphor for this, Leslie, is um, if you think of life like an analogy, a metaphor, like a gym, right? We love to work out. We love the gym. And let's say you have a obstacle course or a challenge course. And if somebody was a new athlete and they were taking on that challenge course, they might look at that high jump and go like, wow, that's really high. That sucks. I'll never be able to do that. I'm going to hurt myself. They trip up the whole way through it. And then they pick up maybe a shot put ball or a kettle ball like you use. And they go like, oh, this is too heavy. I'm going to strain my shoulder, strain my neck. They'd be bitching the whole way through. But if our friend Greg Luganis took on that challenge course or that obstacle course, he would jump over that high jump and pick up the kettleball and, and do all the different activities. And they would be so much fun. He would get through it in two and a half minutes. And he would look at me and say, Jill, that was amazing. What's next? Are the problems or the obstacles in our life really the obstacles? Or is it us in it? And I'm here to say it's the athlete. So what I do is I set up life like a challenge course. And your everyday life becomes your gym and you become the athlete. I become your personal trainer and I teach you how to get in kick butt shape in moments, real time, real life throughout the day by exercising um, these skill sets. So the, the first skill set that everybody needs to understand is that um, what even a biocode moment is and biocode moments, biocode moments are moments in life that feel uncomfortable. It doesn't have to be the big things. It doesn't have to be um, hard. It doesn't have to be cancer. It's any moment that annoys or disturbs you, including yourself, especially yourself. <laughs> These moments that we're trying to get rid of, that we're trying to discard, that we're trying to let go of, that we're trying to release are the most valuable moments in your life if you know what to do with them. So when people learn how to catch these biocode moments, just like they're going fishing and have the awareness like, oh, there's one, there's another, there's another. When we start to build up this self-awareness of where these moments live in our day, real time, and start catching them, then we start adding the exercises to them one by one. And the first exercise is so important because it's the exercise, it's self-empowerment to get your focus off the problem of the other person and put it back on yourself because you're the only one in the gym. And whether they're doing the right thing or not the right thing, how you show up to meet that moment is 100% on you. That's what we can do. So I give them the exercises to rewire the brain to get the focus back on themselves. Um, and that's the first biocode. The second one is so powerful. It's so strong because it teaches you how to stop the story in your head how to stop this, that negative self-talk loop. And it really works in the moments, in the stress, as it's happening, and to build up the inner strength that you need because more times in life, as you and I know, are our thoughts controlling us or are, they, or are we controlling our thoughts? And if your thoughts are controlling you without your permission, then BioCode 2 will change your life forever because it really works. It stops the story so you could take control of what you're thinking about when you're thinking it and why you're thinking it in the moment, in the moment. So those are the first two biocodes. Um, there's, there's five of them. And I'm happy to, at a high level, teach you like the, the high level skill of each, you know, each one. But, you know, if you think of, a, <clears throat> excuse me, like subjects, like reading, writing, arithmetic, each biocode could go so deep and so wide, but these are just the high level concepts of these codes. The third one is so important. It's about self-regulation because you could say the right thing in the wrong time. You know this, <laughs> and it's going to be the wrong thing. We just talked about this today. You can say the right thing in the wrong time because if emotions are elevated or unstable, um, it's never the time to deal. You know, there's a time to feel, there's a time to deal, and it's never in the same moment. So it really gives you the skill set of timing of what to do and 
um, what not to do in specific moments. Um, and all these bio codes, Leslie, every single one of them are done anonymously. People don't even know that the other person, you don't need, people don't even know you're doing it because they want to do it because they want to be that person. They want to be that strong. They want to be that helpful. It's unconditional. It's not a negotiation with another person. It's just your part in it. And the very last two bio codes, um, has to do with, I say the program is all about you and it is, but all about you is also how are you showing up in the world around you and how we show up in the world around us are just two through two ways. What we say, which I call the talk codes and what we do, what we participate in, how we adjust to change, how we self navigate. So the, um, the fourth one, the talk codes teaches us the biggest problem you want to know the biggest problem we have in this world? The, bi- the biggest problem we have on this planet, bar none, is a breakdown of communication when we don't see eye to eye. And as a result of that, people are proving, protecting, justifying, defending. People aren't getting along because we were homeschooled in how to communicate while under stress. So now you're coming to the conversation with your right book. I'm coming with mine. Somebody else is coming with theirs. And if it doesn't match, therefore we're wrong and the battle begins. So this code is so powerful because it teaches you a universal language to understand what somebody is really trying to say beyond the dysfunctional words. You translate it and then you learn how to put the message out better than it came in. Meaning no one's going to have to change their language in order for you to understand the true ask, the true intention behind the words. And so powerful. It's like, like uh, taking dysfunctional language and turning it into a functional meaning and having the capacity and ability to truly elevate a conversation. And they could say it crappy and they could be charged and they could be mean and it won't even matter. It's that powerful. And the last one is all about self-navigation is change. Change is coming, guys. Change is coming, everybody. And it's either going to be changed by choice or changed by force. And it teaches you in any given moment when something does not go according to plan, how do you rebound rapidly, pull your focus forward without bringing that last disappointment with you? So you learn these skills independently, and then it becomes a system and a habit and a way of life that you take with you forever. It's so, so powerful. I believe everybody on the planet needs to know this from the playground to the boardroom. It doesn't matter. Everybody needs the skill set. We, we need to get that everywhere. Dr. Jill has the, bio, I mean, first of all, it sounds amazing. I know Dr. Jill's offered to teach it to me and I, I want to learn it. I mean, I think I'm a good human and if I can have exceptional tools that make me an even better human, I mean, that's, that's, that's winning. So I'm, I'm so for that. And I hope people hear this and I hope people reach out to you and we'll put your links and all your good stuff so that they can definitely find you. And Dr. Jill, you got to start screaming the bio. Ah. You got to start getting people in and teaching it because it's imperative. And I'm grateful, you know, that you're in my life and that you'll be able to truly teach that to me. Um, so the next thing I want to ask you, um, as we're coming closer to the end here, um, how important is it to own what must be healed? Well, you can't change what you don't see. I mean, you have to own it. I mean, awareness is the first step of anything. Um, you have to take ownership to it. You know, so many times we put our, our life and our um, choices and yield it to somebody else, hoping they're going to give us our answer. You know, um, the systems are so half backwards. They're so backwards because we think that answers come from the outside in, you know, even a doctor or a suggestion or a a drug that they may even want to offer you is still a choice for you to make that energy always has to come from the inside out, not the outside in, always. And we have to learn how to do that, how to see that nobody's telling us what we should or shouldn't do. Maybe they feel very forceful or suggestive in how they do it. But it's really always about us seeing what's highest and best for us in any given moment and asking ourselves this question from whatever someone's offering you, even your doctor, anybody, your partner, it doesn't really matter. Does that serve me? 
Is that going to help me on my life's journey? And learning how to be a self-advocate and take on that is everything because all too often we are putting our life in our hands and other people's knowledge, believing they know the right thing for us because we were taught to do that. So I am all about teaching people how to use life and use talent and utilize skills, all the skills, but how to really come from choice to know that you're choosing. They're not telling you what you should or shouldn't do. It's amazing. And it, it comes back down full circle to our own capabilities and everything that we need that's stored right inside of us. But it's like, here's this biocode, let's activate it so that it becomes a useful tool that's not just sitting and getting rusty, but actually, you know, working out that tool and working out that muscle and mindset, you know, is something that I, I wish I had learned so long ago, like, because there are probably so many moments in my life. And I I assume this is for so many people. And probably there are so many people that don't even know what mindset is and, you know, visualization and all of those things that are like the most instrumental tools for healing. Um, And it needs to be taught. And I think it needs to be taught really early on. You know, it's like the ABCs. It's like, we need to learn mindset. We need to learn these tools. Um, because I think it would make everybody better people and God knows we need fucking better people in this world because so many people are just, no, nah, they're just so part in the French, but people are just so fucked up. You know, they're so, they don't know how they, they don't, they don't know how. So Dr. Jill knows how, <laughs> and Dr. Jill needs to be on stage in front of millions of people teaching this because Dr. Jill, you change lives. Um, and this shouldn't be a secret. It should be something that people are coming to they're paying to learn that's the best investment is learning but learning from the people who can the people who've done it the people who've been where you want to go you know you see tony robbins on stage to me he doesn't speak to me sorry tony um he doesn't speak to me but you speak to me like you really you speak to me you make me think you you make me adjust so to speak how to navigate and i think that's important so you're a gem, Dr. Jill. You really, 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 truly are a gem. You know, Leslie, um, Anthony Robbins and people like that are amazing because what they're doing is they're reminding people of who they are. I call it the balloon effect, right? You go there and you get all pumped up, right? Because we know we're great. We know we're self-healers. We know we could have it all, do it all, be it all. We know all these things about ourselves, and it's 100% true. But if you blow up a balloon, right? And you go there and you get inflated. And we all do. We've read every book, given every seminar. We've done every workshop. We've taken every assessment. And we have that, uh, that surge of energy that we can have it all. You absolutely can. But you know what's inside of a balloon? Air. That's it. Hot air. That's it. And the first pin or the first pain that hits it, we're deflated. And not only are we deflated, but we feel worse than before because we felt our greatness and we couldn't sustain it for one single second, because we know more than we could do. The work that I do is called the do muscle. It's the how. It's like a ball of yarn from wherever you're at, no matter what age, no matter what stage, no matter where you are in this world, whether you're living and you're the CEO of an organization, you're under a bridge, it doesn't matter. Everybody has the opportunity to heal from where they're at. The ball of yarn effect is like this, one thought at a time from where you're at. One fall on your ass, one get up, one try again. The BioCodes gives you the exercises to do that, to do that. Every other area of life, every other area of life, we use pain as information to move our life forward. We even have hunger pain. We sprain our ankle, we go, ow, we take the pressure off of it. Human behavior while under stress, we were never taught what to do with the pain. And the BioCodes fill that void. It solves for that problem. Um, And it is a big problem because in this world, if you look at the statistics of what's going on, you say you never learned this as a kid. 80% of the world, 80% of the workforce and the world are unhappy, disengaged, dissatisfied with their life. That's not a problem. That's an epidemic. And when people start learning this, and I have um, statistics because I have assessments that go along with this, they have reported, Leslie, a 78% sustainable change in their life for years. It's filling a void. And I'm saying it's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault that they're stressed, that they're worried, that they're 
that they don't know how to heal their life, they don't know how to move their life forward, it's because it's a missing skill set. It's a missing skill set. So once they start learning this, boy, does that void start to fill and they start to get stronger and then they feel like they know what to do and they can do it as well. So where are people finding you, Dr. Joe? Where can they access the BioCode? How do they get started? Tell us. Well, uh, you can go to my website and I strongly recommend everybody take the behavioral assessment score. It's an assessment that's whether you know the biocodes or not, it's going to tell you your behavioral intelligence and which of the five biocodes is your greatest opportunity to grow, meaning where you're weakest. Behaviorally, you grow from where you're weak, not where you're strong. Um, I could take some more um, one-on-one clients. People do get certified in this. And I'm probably, Leslie, about two months out from having a self-directed program so I could scale it even more um, because that's my highest and best dream is that people could get this content beyond me and my team or my um, or people who are certified in this. So a couple months well, out, I, y'all. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to get certified so I can pass this on because I Let's think it's it. just – so important and I can see see your vision of, of where this should go and where it will go. So I'm excited. We will definitely put in the show notes your links, your Instagram. Um and Dr. Jill is reachable. She's approachable. Um the power that she's taught me to hold no judgment for others is is amazing. Um really seriously like I've never heard you say a bad word about anybody. You're you're the person that you know, if I come to you and I say something, you're like, wait, let, let's look at that differently. Like, let's change that. Let's, you know, that's powerful because we are all, you know, human design is designed to judge. That's what we do as humans, but not Dr. Jill. She's got a different way to do it. So Dr. Jill, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think this so far, sorry to everybody listening was my favorite recording ah. and being with you here one-on-one and just listening to you and, and really just listening to you. It's, it's easy to listen to you. Well, I love you and I love being with you and I'm super excited to teach you, personally teach you the biocodes because, you know, easy to learn, definitely hard to master because life's hard to master, but at least we'll have tools to be working on it. Just like any exercise, just like any good exercise program. If you have the right tools in the right moments, you're going to become that person, period. So we're going to do it. We're taking it on, Leslie. We got this. And we need the right form, right? Form is everything. So, um, Dr. Joe, before we go, um, I think this question suits you. What is the best lesson you wish you learned when you were a child? The best lesson that I wish I learned when I was a child that anything and everything is possible, 100% anything. And it's not only that I'm positive about life and I am, and I am an optimist. I have every good reason to be because I've seen so many people, you know, improve their lives dramatically when they learn what to do with it. But, um, you know, you can, you can heal your life. You know, Louise Hay was right when she said it, you absolutely can heal your life if you know what to do with it. Life is in your favor if you know to do it. So if I was a little girl and I knew then what I know now of the capacities of the human spirit and mind and, and, and condition. Um, man, I would have started when I was like five. I probably did. I probably had to go through that back then, but you know, um, we got this, we all got this, that, you know, life, life absolutely 100% has, uh, the ability to enjoy life, stress less, have fun while dealing with day-to-day challenges. We can do this because I'm going to leave you with this last note that the, what I found in my research in all these years of doing this is that it's not the big things that I went through that take people down as much as their everyday life because they think this is just normal. And I'm telling you, it's not. You just don't have the tools to make it different. So I'm highly committed. I wish I had these tools when I was a kid, man. I would have been like, everybody, everybody learn the biocodes um, because it does make a massive, a massive improvement and difference in everyone's life because it's all about them. It's always been about them and it always will be about you. So, yep. If I was a kid and I knew that, wow. And I think also, I think it's important to know that everything always works out. Um, regardless, like it's, it's always going to work out. I, I believe that. 
And the last thing, Dr. Jill, that I have to tell you. Yeah. Are you ready? Dr. Jill, everything is right about you. Every, every single thing is right about you. Every single thing is right about you. Everything is right about you. And <laughs> that that is my latest and greatest favorite thing that came, you know, a saying that came through Clubhouse because the truth that everything is right about each and every one of us and to meet our lives where we're at, no matter where we're at, no matter who we are, is what's right. It's not just sugarcoating things. It's really just meeting life where it's at to know that we can heal our lives. We can move it forward. We can have it all, whatever that is to you. And we got to just be able to do the work. You do the work and it absolutely 100% works. Absolutely. So everything is right about you, Leslie. Every single thing (laughs) is right about you. And I'm so grateful for you. And your podcast, Holistic Bitches Unfiltered, and all your amazing products (laughs) that you have sent my way that not only has helped us and my dogs and my husband and now my daughter, um, it's helping her dramatically. And you're amazing. You are a gift. How How did life bring me you? I am just grateful beyond measure. I am so grateful for you. And I mean that from the center of my soul. You are an amazing human being. And life is better because of you. I think the same about you, Dr. Jill, honestly, you're a blessing. And it's funny because like, I I look at you and so much, I see my mom, like my real mom in you, like your, your eyes and your skin. And it's very interesting. It's a little bit trippy. I won't lie. Hopefully you'll get to meet the Ellie, the, the miss, the Rubinoff one, one day. Um, but thank you for being here. Um, really fun. Truly. Thank you for being here. And guys with that, um, Till next time on the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast, um, sending so much love, so much light, so much healing, um, and just keep coming back, keep learning, keep being inspired to change, and it's the small steps that make the big difference. So with that, good night. See you soon. Good morning, wherever the fuck you are. All that matters is that you're listening and that you're resonating, and we will be back soon with the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Bitches Unfiltered podcast. I hope you got what you came for and you're eager to return for future episodes. My one ask is that you hit the subscribe button and if you could be so kind to leave a raving review. Sending you so much love, light, healing, and inspiration to be a better you. Peace out, friends.